Hello, and welcome to the Very Good Adventuring Team Podcast. My name is Nick, and I'll be your Dungeon Master. This is our very first episode, so before we get started, I wanted to take this time to do introductions and setup. Let's begin with a few things about the podcast itself. First of all, this is a podcast about a group of friends playing a role-playing game. Specifically, we will be using the Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition rule set. We are not affiliated in any way with Wizards of the Coast, but we would like to thank them for creating and maintaining this amazing family of products. We also want to thank you, potential listener, for taking the time to check us out. There are some really excellent roleplay podcasts out there right now, and we're grateful you're taking the time to listen to ours. We're having a lot of fun recording it, and we hope you enjoy listening to it. I definitely want to point out that this podcast will contain a great deal of graphic, explicit, and offensive language. We are wildly immature. If that's going to be a problem, we respectfully ask that you move on to the next one. We're grateful you gave us a try, but please, don't let us offend you. The tone of the roleplay in this podcast will be a mix of funny and serious. Over time, I hope to build an epic campaign full of memorable characters and stories. I also hope we have a mix of all kinds of humor. I'm not ashamed to admit that I enjoy poop jokes and dirty limericks just as much as I enjoy literature and satire. I'm also hoping to maintain a good balance between roleplay, combat, exploration, world building, and character development. Regarding content, this is an actual play podcast. We are not actors. We really are playing the game, and most of what happens in the episodes will be completely improvised, just like a real roleplay session would be. The reactions are genuine, there are no scripts, we're just sitting at the table recording. Unless there's a good reason not to, we will include all the dice rolls, combat, leveling up, and rules in the episodes. That said, we are editing for listenability. Long pauses, paging through rule books, learning interfaces, taking breaks, and any other unnecessary bits will be cut out whenever possible. We'll be playing in a custom campaign setting created just for this podcast. The players will be adventuring in the world of Melodo, and I'd like to take some time now to introduce you to some of its prominent features. There are two tiers of deities, the forces and the gods. The forces are extremely powerful, but also very much removed from the world of regular mortals. There are six of them, order, machina, death, chaos, nature, and life. These forces don't just have dominion over their namesake, they are that force. They are the powers that define and govern how the universe works. The forces almost never directly interact with mortals. They can be prayed to, besieged, have offerings made to them, but there's no recorded event in history where they appeared to mortals to have a conversation or anything like it. The gods are a different thing entirely. There are 12 of them, and they represent the spaces between the forces. They do not govern, but rather draw their power from the forces they represent. Each pair of gods draws power from two forces. Bumu and Doti are the two gods representing order and machina. Abdo and Exut represent Machina and Death, Odon and Atu represent Death and Chaos, Hyaea and Timo represent Chaos and Nature, Aiko and Imna represent Nature and Life, finally Ento and Hado represent Life and Order. The gods appear to mortals all the time. They speak with us, they fight wars with us, both beside and against, they fall in love with us, they get drunk with us, and hold grudges against us. They have full personalities and long memories. The known world of Meloto consists of two continents, Taos in the west and Errol in the east. The central part of Taos is broken into two regions, the northern half is plainsland and the south is dominantly forested. These two regions make up the vast kingdom of Kol, 
bounded to the north and south by great mountain ranges. Coal is rich and prosperous, with many mortal settlements and all manner of races and beings. The cultural and technological feel of coal is somewhere between medieval times and the Roman Empire. Its capital city of Kingsbury sits at the eastern edge of the continent, near a delta plain. Beyond the Dengu Mountains to the north is a vast tropical jungle. Very few have returned from there, and those that do, they come back with tales of great beasts and danger too strange to be believed. To the south is the Hagarach Mountains. There's a hilly and snowy forest beyond, which is only accessible during the warmest months through the Bruckner Pass. It is sparsely populated, but the few villages and towns there typically welcome traders from the north. The continent of Errol to the east is largely a mystery. Some traders brave the vast ocean between these lands and come back with rare and precious items, but most come back with little more than tales of a harsh and unforgiving land. These tales generally center around Malkern, the sunken city, a place which earns its nickname by virtue of being in a gigantic crater five miles across and sunken 200 feet below the surrounding land. The world is ancient. That much is obvious from the great number of ruins that dot the landscape on both continents. It's generally accepted that we are in the 496th year of the 78th turn, though only a small handful would know what that means, and those that do doubt the accuracy of either number. The calendar year consists of 12 months named after the gods, each consisting of 30 days. Spring begins with Timo, followed by Haea and Imna. Summer begins with Aiko, followed by Ento and Hado. Fall begins with Bumu, followed by Doti and Ebdo. Winter begins with Exut, followed by Odun and Etu. Our story begins on the 12th day of Aiko. The characters we're going to meet are a group of adventurers based in the town of Andon. The town is located very centrally on the continent of Taos, along a very prominent trade route that leads west from Kingsbury. The town's population fluctuates from between 12 to 1,500 people, depending on the time of year. This is also the home of Andon Sweetwater Brandy. This sweet liquor is made from water from the local spring-fed lake northwest of town, the remarkably sweet Andon apples from the southern orchards, and honey from the crazy amount of bees in the seemingly endless northwestern flower fields. All this leads to a sweet and floral smell in the air and a constant supply of hungover tourists. The profession of adventuring deserves a little more explanation. It consists of a variety of activities and could include anything from investigating a murder, to clearing bandits out of the countryside, to recovering stolen property, even leading a militia, healing the sick, or getting a cat out of a tree. An adventuring group largely provides services to the town they live in, but they are free to work for whomever they choose. It's also expected they will occasionally take on a larger or more dangerous adventure for bragging rights. Because of all these different roles, they are somewhere between a community service, a private company, and a local sports team. So who are these adventurers and how did they meet? Our story begins 23 years ago in the capital city of Kingsbury. At the edge of a large public park we see the Toscobble family, a human, an elf, and their little half-elf child Roscoe. They're from Andon and are visiting the capital, currently getting ice cream. Passing through this very same park is Melvin Hardmeat, a high elf. Melvin has been perfecting a spell which makes people shit their pants, but has yet to find just the right balance. He giggles as he gets ready to give his prey a little taste of the spell when suddenly he slips. The act of tensing up forces too much energy into the spell. His aim goes wild as he tumbles backwards to the ground and knocks his head against the cobblestone path, mercifully breaking his concentration on the spell. As he pulls himself to a sitting position, Melvin looks around to a scene of horror. The overpowered spell has turned a dozen people inside out, including the parents of seven-year-old Roscoe Toscobble and the ice cream man. Roscoe himself was unharmed, short enough that the ray passed harmlessly over his head. 
What became known as Inside Out Day is still a legend, quietly whispered about in Kingsbury and the surrounding lands. Though his exact motivation for doing so is still a mystery, Melvin took the child in, even moving to Andon to raise Roscoe in his hometown. Over the years, Roscoe developed a keen eye, a sharp mind, and quick hands, all of which were excellent preparation for his role as a roguish investigator. Melvin continued to work on his magical abilities, both the pants-filling kind and otherwise. Along with their friend Perkins, they used these skills to found the very good adventuring team. One fateful day, about a year ago, the call of adventure took them northwest of town into the foothills. Melvin often practiced his pants-shitting spell on Perkins, so much so that he had come to refer to it as the Ray of Perkins, and today's journey was to be no different. From behind, Melvin pointed his finger at Perkins and began casting the spell, but put just a little too much energy into it. The slightly overpowered spell turned Perkins partially inside out. Roscoe, reminded yet again of that painful day 23 years ago, immediately became sick. As luck would have it, a half-orc named Colvick Darkseed was exercising in the area. He heard Perkins screaming and Roscoe vomiting. He rushed to the aid of these strangers. Finding the horribly injured Perkins, he knelt beside him, beseeching the goddess Hyaea to grant him the power to heal this man. Power flowed through Colvick, and Perkins was restored. Melvin and Roscoe immediately saw the value of a healer, in particular one that could reverse Melvin's occasional mishaps with his favorite spell. Colvick was offered a position with the very good adventuring team on the spot, and after a little confusion and convincing, accepted the position. Perkins, on the other hand, vowed never again to go on an adventure with these idiots, but stayed on with the team as secretary and bookkeeper. Competition is tough for any small business, and it's no different for adventuring companies. What little profit is made by the very good adventuring team is typically eaten up by bills, and what's left tends to go to the Perkins pants replacement budget. Our heroes have been hanging on, if only barely, for the past year, but life is about to change for all of them. I would like to start with character introductions. Introduce yourself. Oh. Hello. I'm Melvin Hardmeat. <laughs> I am a 227-year-old high elf wizard. How, are, are we going into like our backgrounds and everything? What are we doing here? Uh, you know, how about one little interesting tidbit of who you are? Um, Maybe like a hobby that you've got. <laughs> I, uh, in my spare time, I really enjoy um, playing Pogs. Yeah. I just, I love it. It's really good. Cannot get enough. It's great. I'm Roscoe Toscobble, a 30-year-old half-elf. 
uh, I'm an investigator. And I like whores and drinking. <laughs> and fucking Melvin Hard mate turned my parents inside out. <laughs> and I drink to forget. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for asking. <laughs> <laughs> it was an accident. <laughs> I didn't mean to turn your parents inside out. It was an accident. And I fuck so hard trying to turn them the right way. Yeah. <laughs> This guy fucks. Trying to stuff it all back in. <laughs> it's ice cream in hand. <laughs> and we're off and running. And we're off with and running. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Clovic Cloth. Uh, I'm a half-white cleric. Wait, say that again. <laughs> you can't even say your own name. I did. Three Clovic times fast. Cloth. I thought it was Clovic. I said Klovic. Well, that Klopf was the last, is the last name. name. Oh. Alright. Start start with your first name. No, it's just gonna be one name. I'm oh, gonna really? be like the share of this island. Okay. <laughs> Change your name. Are you just, so it's just Klovic now or is it's it? It's just Klovic. It's Klovic. It's Klovic. Yep, we're gonna stick with that. My well, name I mean is... you would have like a family name. Give me, give me a, give me a last name, family name. Turkey cock. Turkey cock. <laughs> no, it's not turkey cock. Goddammit. <laughs> Orc name generator from the world of Warcraft. Klovic Turk cloth. That's how about that's, how about dream splitter? Is cloth orc for cock? How about Klovic <laughs> beaver snatch. <laughs> that has a good ring to it. It rolls off the tongue nice. Klovic yeah. beaver snatch. Beaver snitch. Beaver snatch. Nobody likes this beaver snitch. Oh man, there's a cool last name for coollastnames.com is is a thing. Shout out to coollastnames.com if you guys want to It's hard to make the first name on the list. Usami? <laughs> That's not great. Usami? More like Schlong. Schlong. Schlong, Schlong. Uh, Hool, Eldarion, Maki, Darkseed. <laughs> That's what it is. Yep. It's Dark Darkseed. Seed. Yep. Yep. Klovic oh. Darkseed. Found it. Klovic Darkseed. Is your man gravy like black? Past expiration. I like to call it ebony. Thanks. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I guess I don't know more enough about orc uh, anatomy. anatomy. Maybe that that's just the way it goes. <laughs> It goes anywhere it wants to. That's Orc Way. Darkseed. <laughs> Name it. <laughs> there is Klovic Darkseed. I'm a half-orc cleric. I'm a recluse out of town, and I spend my time reading my clerical books and doing CrossFit. Making shakes for the town people. Protein shakes? Darkseed shakes. Oh no! <laughs> That's the business you've really wanted to start this whole time, but you have to be an adventurer to make up enough money to get there. That's you're trying to fund your new business venture. <laughs> yeah, up dark seed, dark sheet shakes. Until <laughs> the Kickstarter really gets going, you gotta let people know who you are. So the three of you are a group of adventurers in the town of Andon. You accept jobs as they come. You do whatever the townsfolk sort of ask you to do, whatever is needed. There's another group of adventurers, by the way. We'll get into them at some point. But there's another group of adventurers on the other side of town that's a little more established, sort of a little higher level than you guys. So you're, you're competing with them a little bit. Oh, 
They're bitter rivals. I think you think you're bitter rivals, and I think they may know your name. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. So as you are just in the in the process of really getting this business off the ground, it's been about a year that you guys have been adventuring together, running this adventuring company together. And you're really looking for that that one big gig, right? Everybody's looking for that one big thing that sets them off. And so when Aegis Gringold walks into your office, it's you guys think that it, it's time, right? It's time where you're really going to hit pay dirt. Aegis is the the mayor, the magistrate, the kingpin, the everything you can think of. He is the pinnacle of Andin. The Gringold family has run this town for an exceptionally long time, and he is the current patriarch of that family. He's got controlling interests in just about every business that runs in the town and runs in the area. And he comes in and introduces himself for no apparent reason, because everybody knows who this guy is, to your secretary, Perkins. And Perkins realizes who this guy is right away, so he ushers him back into the into the back office of your two-room shop storefront. Aegis is a human male. He's about 52 years old. Pretty tall. He's about six foot two. He's got some icy cold eyes of steel blue and silver hair. He has an exceptionally commanding presence. Uh, he's a damn handsome man. Think, uh, think an older Paul Newman kind of character. Think of like a Sean Connery, like a like a silver fox. Yeah, he's got a bit of that. Yeah. Maybe a uh, what was it? Mad Men, the silver fox guy from that. Yeah. He's he's got that like everybody's beneath me, but I'll tolerate your presence, and every once in a while I'll make you feel great. Kind of kind of air about him. Now he comes in. And starts explaining to you guys that he's got a job for you. There's a trade route that goes to the next town over to the west. And about three, four miles outside of town, which is pretty brash, right? That, it, that people are, or that this is happening this close to town. About three, four miles outside of town, there's a group of goblins that have been raiding his, his caravans. Not every single one and not always his, but... There's a group of goblins that are out there making life rough and fucking with his trade route. And you get the strong impression from this and from a lifetime, really, of knowing who this guy is, that nobody fucks with Aegis Gringold or the Gringolds or anything to do with Andon while he's involved. So he'd like you, as a new up-and-coming adventuring team, to go out and, go out and handle this. And, and the strong implication from this guy is... You'll see where this goes, and if you don't fuck this up completely, there might be some more work in, in it for you. Why, um, why, why, uh, why doesn't he use his uh, normal, normal adventuring team to go tackle this? Ah, uh, those other guys are busy right now. I've uh, got them working on a few other things. Okay. And, uh, you know, how would you like us to uh, resolve this, uh, this issue, uh, you know, in a, uh, low profile manner or is it okay if there's a few you know should we make an example yeah nobody finds the bodies very good is it okay if they are found i don't know inside out <laughs> by any chance inside as long out as they're bodies. not identifiable is that okay <laughs> he kind of <laughs> squints at you he's he's uncertain of what you mean but he says yeah i'm like never sure. i'm like never mind never mind understood <laughs> got it Perkins in the corner goes, huh. <laughs> Perkins, yeah, Perkins giggles a little bit and then covers his butt. 
Yeah, let's take this job. So he, he explains. Oh, wait, 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 how, how, oh, how much oh, does this pay? How much does this pay? You are going to get fifteen gold a piece for doing this job. Fifteen gold a piece. I kind of look over at, uh, you know, Roscoe and, and what's his name? Darkseed. Darkseed. <laughs> Mister Darkseed. <laughs> I kind of look at you guys. Huh? What do you guys think? Huh? Well, I Klavik agree to these terms. I like it. I, I don't even Kolvik. care what we get paid. Kolvik. Like, as far as I'm concerned, this is building us up. Okay. We're getting in good with power here. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds pretty straightforward. I think we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna commit. Excellent. Well. He explains to you that the he has a caravan that's gonna be heading out of town, going west in the morning, and he would like you to. Uh, discreetly escort this caravan. He's looking for something to kind of bait these guys out, uh, out into the open so that you can then, well, butcher them and come back with some proof that these, these goblins aren't going to be causing any more trouble for he or his interests anymore. Super. Excellent. That sounds like a good plan, I guess. He, uh... Since, since uh, Melvin Hardmeat uh, has been kind of like the forward face so far, he he gives you like a point and a wink that's like kind of like it's 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 one of those gestures of like this is how you common people talk to each other, right? And he gives you like a the like, guns and like, like the finger a guns wink. and a wink, okay, All right. <clears throat> like a uh, like hey, we're buddies now <laughs> because you're gonna do some work with me. Uh, and I, uh, I, I'm like a ha ha, and I wink at him, and I was, I was almost gonna give him the finger guns, and then I was like, oh shit, I don't, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to point my finger guns at him, just for reasons, for for reasons. <laughs> so he he steps out of the office, and and you guys know where this guy lives, right? He lives in the big manor in town, so you'll know where to go afterwards for payment with whatever souvenirs you happen to bring back from this group. Evening passes. You enjoy yourselves doing a variety of activities, such as drinking and whoring, perhaps some pogs, maybe uh, prepping some protein shakes for the following morning. <laughs> Early in the morning, the caravan is assembling just outside of the city, and it's not really a caravan. It's just it's just a wagon with some some goods in it going west to the next town over. And you just have sort of some big cloaks on and whatnot uh, against the morning chill, and uh, and also just hiding the fact that you're a bunch of badass adventurers are we uh are we going to be driving this caravan or are there going to be drivers uh for this wagon or uh, are there drivers assigned for this wagon uh there is two drivers for this caravan they're already sitting on the wagon and you have the option of you can hop up on the wagon if you want or walk alongside whichever way you choose um colvick doesn't sit colvin walks Kolvik never sits. Kolvik the CrossFit half orc never sits. Do you only squat? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna sit too. I'm gonna relax in the back of that wagon. Yeah. We have a bottle we're passing back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got my pogs, my travel pogs. Travel pogs. <laughs> <laughs> like a long tube case. So they're all in there. Is- so you're venturing down the road. You get just like uh, just like Asia said. You get about four or five miles out of town, and you get to the the spot where you're you're fairly certain that that this is going to happen, right? You can see that. 
there's trees and a slight uh, a slight hill on either side of the road, so you're more or less going into a little valley. If you were going to ambush somebody, this is exactly where you would do it. So you sort of brace yourselves and get ready. Any particular precautions or anything that you want to take before you're approaching the spot? No, I'm hopping down out of the wagon. I'm getting ready. I'm going to walk alongside the wagon, just kind of, um, yeah, maybe actually move in front of the wagon as it goes along, like I'm just kind of jauntily going forward. I'm just going to wait till the last minute, so I'm going to relax in the back of the wagon. You guys let me know if you see any problems. <laughs> All right. We're just going to boldface go right into this. The As you get, <laughs> you get about uh, 20 feet from the narrowest point here, and... A total of four goblins appear in front of you. There are two on the left side of the trail, two on the right side of the trail. The two closest to you, in other words, one on each side, has pulled out a scimitar. And the two that are in the back are hanging back a little bit, hiding behind trees with bow and arrow, a short bow in each hand. Where are they in relation to the wagon? So the wagon is trundling down the trail. You mm -hmm. are about 20 feet from the closer goblins that have jumped out, the two with short swords, and it's another 10 feet past them to the two that are on, uh, that are hiding behind trees on the other side of the trail with short bows. And they hop out and yell, Stop! This is a robbery! Um... No, it's not. <laughs> We're going to kill you. <laughs> Make sure nobody ever sees you. Melvin had a 12. Roscoe had a 19. Roscoe, you are the first to act. All right. These fellows are close by each other, the swordsmen. The swordsmen are on opposite sides of the trail. They're kind of at the edges of the trail, mm -hmm. so they're probably 10 feet apart. Okay. And the archers are how far behind them? Uh, imagine Kolvik is at the center of the wagon, mm -hmm. about 20 feet in either direction to the first swordsman. 10 more feet directly past that is going to be where these archers are. All right, I'm going to shoot at the archer on the right. Archer on the right. So that's an eight. That's going to miss his AC. So you draw your bow back and whip an arrow into the woods. But this guy's just, he, he manages to duck behind a tree before uh, your arrow can connect. Bummer. Goblins on the left side of the trail are going to act. We're going to start with the bowman. And Kolvik is right out there in front of God and everybody or gods and everybody I guess he is going to take a bow shot 23 is enough to hit your armor yes, class it is. all right so that's gonna be seven piercing damage Jeez, wow. I didn't kill you right away did I no almost so it's it's a good solid hit like that 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 sinks in uh, in your chest armor plate and mm -hmm. pokes a little bit through and it's it's just kind of you know it's not in an artery but it's tickling the outside of it all right i'm glad i did not kill one of the players with the very first hit of the game <laughs> that would have been my fault for just kind of running ahead <laughs> Col colvick isn't that smart he's like i can do this 
the all right, and then the uh, the short sword wielding goblin that is in front of the one that just fired the arrow is going to. He is also going to run towards Kolvik and make an attack. Uh, that's going to be a miss, thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, he's got he's got his scimitar and he just runs wildly, screaming and goblin, and just completely whiffs whiffs right past you. Melvin. Uh, so I finally hear some ruckus going on outside the wagon. And uh, so I kind of saunter out. and uh, But I'm going to hide behind the wagon. Get and, you some uh, cover. Get myself some cover. And uh, so uh, uh, Dark Seed and, uh, and the goblins are off to the left side of the wagon. Is that right? Uh, Kolvik Darkseed is sort of front and center of the wagon. You can kind of see him around from where you are. Okay. Uh, and if you're coming around the left side of the wagon, you would see that group of two on the left. You're probably far enough out. You can see the ones on the right as well. Okay. Well, I'll peek out to the left there, and uh, I'll shoot a ray of frost at uh, the nearest goblin I can. would be the short sword wielding one. And that is definitely a hit with 18. So you, you give a ray of frost towards this goblin shoots out from your finger guns and uh it just it just coats this dude's head in ice and he drops he is down bye does his head break off uh no it just shattered oh, that's the guy on the left <laughs> that was one of the dudes that, that was the closer Short dude guy on the left. left yep down to three goblins did you want to duck back behind the wagon? Then yeah, I'm going to stay back behind the wagon. Get myself some full cover if possible. Yep. Kolvik. Well, I am going to stay put of where I am and go ahead and uh, trying to think I want to do cure wounds or a shield of faith in this guy here. I'll go ahead and do a cure wounds on myself. All right. What is your AC Level normally? 18. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Take back three hit points. Amazing. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That was a pretty badass hit. Normally they don't do nearly that much damage with just a short bow. All right. Did you want to move anywhere? You said you're going to stay where you are at? I am going to keep where I'm at. Just feel like I can ride this one out. My guy's blood's rolling. Right on. The goblin's on the right. One in the back with the short bow is going to take a shot at Roscoe, seeing him out towards the open area. Oh, no. 21. That's going to be eight piercing damage. Uh, I'm assuming 21 hits your armor class. Yep. Forces damn you. This goblin is intense with her. <laughs> uh, then he's, he's kind of staying back behind the trees or in the trees. Uh, the other goblin is going to run up and take a slice at uh, at Kolvik with his scimitar. That's a 10. That's going to miss your armor class? Yes, it will. Alright, so he's the same thing. He just runs up and, and takes a slice of you. These guys are complete idiots. You don't know how they've gotten away with robbing caravans as long as they have. And it is back to Roscoe. Turns out their bowmen are doing all the work on these things. Right. I think in the past, the threat of being shot or scimitared was uh, apparently effective enough because these guys aren't very competent. And I'm going to take a sneak attack at the uh, Goblin by Kovic with me. All right. Bow. So I'm going to do that. That's definitely a hit. 
Uh, actually, that's with a short bow. You should do it. Are you going to do it with your short bow? I was going to. He's oh. out in front, and I'm kind of off to the side of the wagon, right? Ah, uh, that's and true. That's to yep. the right side, correct? <laughs> so do I have my short bow thing first? See what that damages? Oh, <laughs> I don't know what happened there. That was me messing with oh. it. So that's a six. <laughs> plus five. <laughs> Six plus five, so you do eleven damage, and you're shooting at the the swordsman uh, this, by Colvic Darkseed. The swordsman by Colvic Darkseed. Uh, that is more than enough. You fire your sneak attack bow, and it just—it's like you, you remember like the the comic arrow through the head thing. Mm -hmm. It's that, but without the comic part. Like it, just, an arrow just thunks. <laughs> Little bits all, of brain on the arrow point. All the way through this guy's head, and he goes cross-eyed and falls over. My HP should be down to one, by the way. After that eight damage that stupid bow and arrow guy did to me. And I'm uh, dashing. If I have an action left, I'm dashing behind the wagon to take cover. The goblins on the left have their... Well, the goblin on the turn, uh, on the left, has a turn. Uh, he is going to, after seeing what just happened to his buddy, he is going to take a shot at Roscoe. Because you are now behind the wagon, you get kind of like you're just your head poking out as you're looking around the corner, which means you have three quarters cover. I just got to look up. What, I think that gives you, basically the, what that gives you is plus five to your AC. Mm -hmm. So that guy's taking a shot. Uh, That's so, a miss. All right. That arrow whips by you as you're hiding behind the, the, the wheel of this wagon. Uh, the dudes that were in the wagon, by the way, like jumped into the back. So they're they're hiding out from the, the scene of terror and chaos as these malicious little goblins attack away at you. Melvin. I, uh, there's the one uh, goblin on the right-hand side, or the one that's closest to us that I didn't kill, right? Uh, you've got two goblins that are about equidistant from you. It's the two bowmen that are in the in the woods area. So I'll poke my head out to the left again and okay. see if I can get a shot at that guy. All right. And eventually I'm totally going to shoot him with a ray of frost. Holy moly. Mm -hmm. That is definitely a hit with 24. Oh, man. <laughs> one gold damage. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> one of their nipples got hard. <laughs> I made him uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so he, your ray of frost shoots out over the distance and strikes him right in the nipple, and he goes, "Oh!" <laughs> you gonna duck, duck back behind cover then? Oh yeah, for sure. All right, Kolvik. I'm gonna go to the right. Bowman, actually, I'm closer to the left or the right. You are. Right, you right basically in were in the center of the road. Yeah. They're the same distance away. They're about thirty feet away from you on either side. Okay, I can do that. I'm going to go ahead and run ahead and go ahead and use my war hammer. Come down on this dude's head. On the right or left? Right side. Right side. That is a. Uh, regrettable critical miss. So you, he's he's kind of near a tree. So you're running just pell-mell towards this guy and you swing your war hammer across not realizing that he's right next to a tree and you just smash your war hammer into the tree and it kind of jars you a little bit uh, and the, the goblin laughs at you uh, that goblin is in fact next the one on the right side he is going to drop his short bow pull out his short sword 
and since you are immediately in front of him, he is going to take a swing at you with, or sorry, with his scimitar, not a short sword. Uh, but you scared the bejesus out of him by like nearly felling this like twelve-inch thick tree with your warhammer. You're so fit. I'm so fit. So crossfit. I'm doing Christ fit. <laughs> that totally came from the thighs. That, that hit. Uh, so you, you scared this guy, and he just he dro- I mean, like literally, just drops his bow and pulls out this scimitar. But he's shaking, and he just wildly swings, and and doesn't even get a piece of you. Not even close. Roscoe, back to you. All right. So if uh, Dark Seeds up next to this other goblin with a scimitar, I can sneak attack him. And that's what I'm going to do. Excellent. With my short bow, and I rolled a six. That's unfortunate. You can't quite get a beat on this goblin because of Roscoe, or because Kolvik is standing in front of him and does all kinds of movement and, and shimmying and shaking, and your arrow flies wide to the left. Speaking of left, the left side goblin goes again. He sees he doesn't want to take a risk of shooting his buddy. And so he, uh, no, he does want to take a risk of shooting his buddy. Sorry, he followed, he was kind of watching you. He's keeping a beat on you as you ran over by the other guy, uh, as you ran over by the guy on the right side. So he's going to take his shot at Kolvik with his short bow. 22, that's a, that's going to be a hit, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, well. going to take four. Apparently, apparently that painfully hard nipple really didn't distract him at all. Really, <laughs> really sighted him in. Oh, yeah, he's like, oh. <laughs> Painfully hard nipple. The feathers tickled it as the arrow flew by. <laughs> <laughs> That's what ticked it on the course. You can hear a, a high-pitched ting <laughs> as the bowstring snaps past his... Past his oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he should take one damage as the bow like clips his painfully hard nipple. On. <laughs> snaps the bowstring. <laughs> He is he's talented enough to keep the bowstring away from his nipple. Uh, but it is your turn. You can go for the other nipple. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, I'm going to carefully aim for his uh, his right nipple with the ray of frost. <laughs> oh, man, you critically strike that right nipple. Yes. <laughs> Pops right out like it's coming out of a... <laughs> <laughs> but like so many times in the past, you overpower this ray, and it ju- it there's just like an icy hole where his where his <laughs> right nipple was. It just pierces straight through him, straight through the lung. He 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 gurgles and drops the arrow and the bow that he was holding and falls backwards into the uh, into the grass. That guy is gone. Yes. Kolvik, it is back to you. You're on the right side of the trail with that last, uh, well, now swordsman. All right. Well, I'm going to reposition myself, kind of hop to the side, and try to smash this goblin's head into the tree that I almost toppled over. <laughs> right. Swing and a miss. Nine does not hit his armor class. You uh, you do manage to strike the tree again on the, on the follow-through of your swing. Scares him a little bit again, but it does not connect. Bummer, dude. Bummer. That's a bummer, man. Be a lot cooler if I did. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. Uh, so that guy, he—I mean, this guy is is scared crapless now. He pulls out his—he's—he's he's got his scimitar out. He's recovered from his previous miss. He's going to take a slash back across. He does connect. That's going to uh-huh. be six damage. 
21 hits your AC, right? I'm, I'm falling. Six is enough to knock you down? Yes, it is. Okay, so you are now unconscious. You're not dead, but you are unconscious. And we'll start doing death saves if you're, if you're Well, actually, I do have a question for you. Sure. Can we do a little rule book? Don't, don't, don't kind of thing. Lawyer. Rule books, lawyer. I do have something called um, relentless endurance. When you are reduced to zero without dying, you can drop to one hit point instead. Does that count for after battle, or does that count towards now? Is that a ability that's like a you get once between long rests kind of thing? Yes, it is. Yes, then you are not dropped to zero. I go to one. Hello there, soon-to-be faithful listeners. This is a friendly interruption in the action from your dungeon master. I figured you could use a break. It's getting pretty intense in this combat. Since this is our first episode, we don't have any ad spots or fan mail to read during this break. In lieu of all that, I'd like to send a very loving thank you to three things that have helped make this podcast possible. Please bear in mind that this is just me expressing my gratitude and not paid advertisements. The first is the open-source editing and recording software Audacity. Please check out their website at www.audacityteam.org. Audacity is a very powerful tool which has helped make this and countless other audio dreams become a reality. I would also highly encourage you to not only check out their project, but to also to donate to them if you have funds available. Who knows, it might be your podcast they launch next. Second, I want to thank Transom.org. Transom has an amazing series of articles about broadcasting, podcasting, public radio, and a, and a ton of other articles. Creating a podcast with at least reasonable audio quality was very important to me, and I learned a ton from this website. I'm very grateful, and I hope your eardrums are too. Finally, there are a lot of other roleplay podcasts out there, D&D or otherwise. I'd like to thank all of them for defining this tiny little genre. A few of those have really stood out for me, and I'd like to express my personal thanks. Since I can't rank them in any other way, I'll just state them in the order I discovered them. Acquisitions Incorporated, The Adventure Zone, and God's Fall. These aren't the only awesome podcasts out there, but the creative forces behind those productions have been a great inspiration. The four of us could have just kept on quietly playing D&D, but listening to these talented folks gave a really big push towards this becoming a reality. If you like what we're doing here, we would really appreciate it if you could help spread the word about the very good adventuring team. We're on Twitter at at the VGAT, that's T-H-E-V-G-A-T, and you can also leave a review for us on iTunes or any other platform. Every little bit of it's helpful. You can also drop by our website at thevgat.com. That's T-H-E-V-G-A-T dot com. If you really like the show, and we really hope you do, you can also help support us financially. Our website has links to our PayPal and Patreon accounts. Every dollar donated goes straight back into the show in the form of hosting fees, better equipment, and alcohol. Thanks again for listening. Back to the show. Roscoe, it is your turn. Dark Seed is still upright, so I can sneak attack that guy that he's yes. next to. Dark Seed still stands. Shoot at that guy with my short bow. Rolled a 13. Uh, 13 is going to hit. Ooh. Oops. <laughs> what are you throwing <laughs> your urine at? <right? laughs> There's a box for you to roll in. <laughs> I missed. <laughs> so, whatever, plus two. All right. Well, you. I mean, you destroyed this guy. He's, he's. Uh, uh, Kolbeck is. It, he took his wild swing and was kind of hunched down a little bit on the right side. And you, 
you just you called your shot like Babe Ruth pointing at the outfield and just dead center in this goblin, like in a nostril out the back of his head, punched this guy down with your arrow, and he drops, <coughs> and we are out of combat. Very good. Bye, goblins. So you stand on a road with four goblin corpses, uh, hearing the action die down. The dudes in the back of the wagon kind of get up and they're like, is it over now? <laughs> like they knew that this was coming, but they're still scared crapless because they're still just basically, you know, farmer hicks, whatever. Um, I shouldn't say hicks, but. They're just farmers. They're regular folk. You know, the heart of America, really. Salt of the Salt earth. Salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. Also, as a total aside, I learned not terribly long ago that the term jaywalking comes from a J, which is what they used to call people from the country, like hillbillies that were coming into the city. That was like, and it was like a racial, not a racial slur, but it was a slur. Like, oh, a bunch of fucking J's coming into the city. <laughs> don't know what they're doing. Like, they're just walking out into traffic like idiots and getting hit by cars. Fucking J's. I mean, it's it's basically the equivalent of like gypsy. Like, it was a pretty nasty term. And that's why we have the term jaywalking. Idiots. <laughs> the more you know. Fuck them. Fuck them. I'm going to search those bodies. Searching up those bodies. You find between all of these goblins, their equipment, their clothing, their, you know, what little armor that they've scrapped together. I mean, it's like pot lids and, and crap. The bows that they've got are, are of less than average quality. So nothing in there is worth saving. But between all of them, you do manage to find 78 silver. Ooh, 78 so, silver. And I'm a little, split uh, between all of us. Uh, 78 apiece. I don't know how the very good adventuring team adventuring team finances are divvied out, but that's something you'll have to work out amongst yourselves. I guess uh, I guess we'll... Maybe we just put this in the, uh, the company piggy bank. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll keep track of it for now, guys. But uh, I'll put that money in the pity bank when we get back. Might come a time where all of a sudden we don't know why there's zero in there, but, but I'll keep track of it until then. I'll I mean, turn that foolish wizard inside out. <laughs> I'll, the old, I'll freeze your nipple. The old fashioned <laughs> Maybe both of them. All right, so you guys collect uh, what you can from these guys. You going to bring back a souvenir? Uh, four goblin ears so we can show Aegis the job was done. Yep. Oh, we have these witnesses. Yeah, we have these guys too. And these guys, they they will eventually make it back to town, but they're, I mean, they're on a legitimate trade run to the next town, so they're going to finish their journey, but the raiders have been taken care of. This is a fairly civilized area, so they feel safe enough to go on from here. Do we have so. to walk back to town? What is this, a third world country? Fucking walk fest? <laughs> Jeez. I think we should sleep if we have to walk all the Where's way back. Where's my segue? I don't want to sleep in the wilderness. No? No. Walking. Spoiled wizard. <laughs> it's, it's a. I mean, it's you're about like an hour's walk back to oh, town, and that's fine. If there was something terrible that was going to happen to you guys, it would have happened on the way out. Uh, All right, enough. then let's walk. Will you carry me, wizard? No. <laughs> Basically, you, you know, your dad. So. <laughs> 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 I'm not giving you a piggyback ride. <laughs> Those days are over. You're 30 goddamn years old. <laughs> Watch yourself. Give yourself a piggyback ride and turn you inside out. All right, walk, 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 walk. So you walk back to town, and 
you're stopping back at the office first, and as you arrive, walk in the front door. Perkins is is, is he's kind of up in arms already, or not up in arms, but he's 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 anxious. And he's like, he's back there already. Oh wow! You guys walk into the back office and proudly display these four goblin ears, and you guys are all puffed up and job well done. And hey, uh, here's you know your goblin problems taken care of, and hold out the ears, and he just he just kind of swats them out of your hand, or it, like sorry, he doesn't swat them out of your hand. He grabs them looks at him and just tosses him on the, the, the table that's in this back area, your conference room, essentially. He's not impressed. He says, I don't care about that right now. She's gone. Who? Who's gone? Desire. She's gone. <laughs> Her name's Desire. Her name is Desire. <gasps> I know the name from the brothels. You guys leveled up, so you will be going from level one to two. Ooh. <laughs> Channel divinity, preserve life. As an action, you present your holy symbol and evoke healing energy. Choose any creature within 30 feet, and you can restore a number of hit points equal to five times your cleric level. What's your holy symbol? I okay. feel like that's an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. You're right. I just have a holy symbol item, so it can be in the shape of anything I want. Something you find sacred? Like a detached penis? Beastmaster. Oh. Kind of wish I had been a ranger. Uh, I thought about it. Somebody <laughs> keeps saying that rangers suck with the new rules or whatever. I don't know. I think that's one of those things where if you're doing like the, the super min-max like DPS... You know, like World of Warcraft, there's always articles about, like, what's the class you should be, because this is the most powerful thing right now. Like, I think rangers are less powerful than other characters, but at the same time, you know, you build encounters and all the rest of that as the DM to make sure you don't fucking kill anybody, hopefully. Even though I almost killed you guys last time. Yeah. And the yeah. time before that. Did anybody uh, that was see the Warcraft movie? No. Was it? I heard it was incredibly awesome. I haven't seen it. Just kidding, I didn't hear that. How do you level up? So, leveling up, go to your uh, your class. Mm -hmm. So, the very first thing that I usually do is hit points. Mm -hmm. And you have... I think it is a 1d8 yep. or 5. As a rogue, you will roll a 8-sided dice. Well, alright, so you got two choices. You can, to gain hit points, either... Take it's basically like the high average, so you instead of rolling a d8, you could just take five hit points, mm -hmm. and that would be add that to your existing total, or you can literally roll the die and see what you get. All right, I have to pick my arcane tradition five. Look at that, that's good. Uh, so then now that you've got a five, you then add your constitution modifier, which for you is a one. <coughs> So you will end up with a total of 15 hit points. Uh, other thing to change is up at the top of the sheet where it says Rogue 1. Not anything to do with the movie. You'll oh, now change that to Rogue 2. Too bad, that movie is awesome. And then the next thing you'll do, I don't have a player's book in front of me, but the other thing that you'll end up doing for a level up is looking through... Basically the Rogue description will give you a bunch of things that happen at each level. It'll yeah, say like, yeah. you know... This is the thing that's active now that you're at level two, or this is the thing you get. 
Oh, so. uh, you get your cunning action. That's pretty cool. Okay. Bonus action on each of my turns in combat. Can be used only to take dash, disengage, or hide. Disengage is in particular very useful for you because you're not like a frontline rock'em sock'em kind of character. So hit and run. I should call it the cowardly action. Stab somebody and bye. None of the other numbers go up that way. Uh, nope. So I think my holy symbol is actually going to be a man who looks like he's taking a shit. And I thought it was his whole life. I had no clue what this meant. But when I saw like this man with his guts outside of his body and I had to save him, I knew I had to go with this crew. I'm like, this is my calling. My divinity and my God told me to be here. The grimacing man. Yeah, the grimacing <laughs> man. That will be the holy symbol. So many transmutation spells. Just trying to figure out what school I'm going to participate. Transmutation? What are you going to transmute? I don't know. I can transmute if I pick this school. Trump University. Do it. I hear good things. <sighs> Iron, copper, silver, wood, stone. I can transmit one element into any of those other elements. You can transmute people into inside-out people. That's what I'm, th I'm thinking. I'm thinking transmutation or just based on my spy background, the school of illusion might be a good choice as well. Ooh. But the transmutation school has some interesting spells too, or just transmutation spells in general. Spider climb. Until the spell ends, one willing creature you touch gains the ability to move up, down, and across vertical surfaces and upside down along ceilings while leaving its hands free. The target also gains a climbing speed equal to its walking speed. You gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta turn the boots on, Morty. You gotta turn the boots on before they're gonna work, Morty. <laughs> the same one where he's gotta stick it way up in the bubble, <laughs> way up in there. Mega seeds. So, uh, because we leveled up, does do our hit points stay the same, or do we get max hit points? Uh, you are at max because you are in a position where you are fully resting. Rested. You had a you had a languorous journey back to town. As a wizard, I can know a certain amount of spells. Do cantrips count as spells? Cantrips do not count against your total spells. Okay, so I could have when it says three cantrips, and then I can have up to five spells. So that's really eight spells I could potentially have in my repertoire. Yeah, cantrips are completely different though because they are essentially they're a thing that you can do without thinking about it, without really concentrating, etc. It's a reflexive or instinctive sort of thing. Gotcha. As opposed to concentrating really hard. In half-orc CrossFit terms, it's like making a shake versus lifting a boulder. You really got to fight to lift that boulder. But shakes, man, they just... They, they just happen. Just roll those right on out. How come your shitting man has no head? Uh, he is. Oh god damn it! I hate when I do that. He shit it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is yeah. The vacuum inside him just pulled his head into his. <laughs> that's I think that's what it should be. Is just have the head coming out of the bottom, but it's clearly hands up top and feet on the bottom. This is what my holy symbol looks like. That's how you knew. That's how you knew that there was a call. To be like you said, it was confusing, but accepting call because I had this symbol. I said, "There's a man with his guts coming out of his ass." So, so do you have like a totem of that? Yeah, a holy symbol totem, little guy. 
And so I, I just wear this thing around my neck at all times, just man shitting himself. <laughs> and you're the you you were the one person that didn't get what was going on in it. Like, I don't understand why. You know anybody with a three D printer? You should have one made. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure this place probably. Oh my, my parents they're just like once you find this, you will know. Just hands us down. The... I think that's everything. Hit points, spells. I don't even know what else. My school. I got that fucking shit. I was just coming along. Oh, I'm done. Oh, all right. Yeah. I think we're ready to rock. Looking further in. So, Aegis Gringold, the lord, essentially, of this town came to you guys and um, offered you a job to go clear out some goblins. You went and cleared out those goblins. Nice work. Hooray. 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 We're very good. Very good. Mm -hmm. Not pretentious, Mm -hmm. just very good. Just very good. And you got back to the office. Perkins indicated that there was, that, that he was already back in the back room. I'm imagining, by the way, that you're, you guys have like a building basically that you rent and there's like a storefront essentially and that's where Perkins sits out in the front. There's the back room where you, that's like your office and where you hang out and whatnot and then upper floors and you guys just live above this shop sort of thing. I don't know. We can work out details on that later, but just so you got a visual idea of what, it's, what it looks like in your den. Yeah. Is it like a two floor building? Two yeah. floors? Do we... Do we live there, or do we have our own houses? Well, I think at least the two of you probably live there. And um, mm-hmm. Darkseed? I don't know. What do you think? Do you live there? Um, I think it's time for me to venture out of my homestead. So, yeah, I went ahead and made the full commitment. You're... So far, I'm just on a sleeping so bag, though, on the floor, though. So, we're all roommates? You're all roommates. Is, so, there's not enough room for Darkseed? So, he just sleeps on the couch? I'm trying to think logically, how would this work out? If you've got a space... Well, like I said, I mean, being from the outside, I'm okay with sleeping on the ground for now, sleeping back. I feel like I'm kind of the, the youngling of the group. I have no clue what I'm doing, so I'm happy with anything that comes along. Well, this is like lap of luxury for you then. Yeah. You're, like you're sleeping under a roof now, and mm-hmm. that's that's like a huge step up. Well, I mean, before, I mean, it's away from the place I've been all my life. So this whole experience of an adventuring crew is new. So I'm just like, am I supposed to sleep on the floor here? Okay, I'll just sleep on the floor right here. I'm cool. Thanks, guys. So we'll say there's there's three rooms in the upper part of this thing, and one of them's your bedroom, and one of them's your bedroom, and then the third room is like a is, is the room that Melvin keeps locked, and you think the Pog collection is in there, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> You're not 100% sure what's in that room, but Melvin keeps that room locked. I'm not sure the Pog should be upstairs, since he's got one, what are those called? Slammers? Slammer. Yeah, one slammer to rule them all. Like the Dark Matter <laughs> Slammer. <laughs> the heaviest one of all time. Yeah, by the way, I've been I've been really stewing about how the pogs are going to work out so far as rules go. Did figure out that pogs are they're worth about a silver a piece, so there is some legitimate gambling that goes on with those things. All right. Is there like a pretty hip pog scene in Andon? Well, pogs it, it crosses all cultural boundaries. The young play it, the old play it, the rich, the poor. The are there any enchanted pogs? Uh, there's got to be somewhere. We haven't found, we haven't come across one yet, but we've only been playing for about forty minutes, really. <laughs> Does Hard Meat have any sort of arch nemesis and pogs that he just goes around? Oh, I'll get him. We may find out very soon. <laughs>